to SMPD, the podcast where we look back at the cartoons that inspired us. This episode, we are looking at Thundercats. Right, now before we start, this is probably the first show I ever loved. Um, this came at about a time, I mean, it was when it was released in the UK, it would have been some two or three. But it was the first thing I really fucking bought into, and it's mm-hmm. the first thing I remember really being imprinted. Um, so, yeah, this is going to be a... Could be a good one. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a big one for me. I was always really into Thundercats. I can't say it was the first cartoon I really loved because I think, for me, that was He-Man. Um, but I, as we've said before, I am just those couple of years older than you. Yeah. So I think he, He-Man just imprinted on me that little bit more than Thundercats uh, just because I was the right age for the toys and the show. And it was, I guess, compared to Thundercats as well, it was it was quite colourful. Um, but anyway, we're not talking about He-Man, we're talking yeah. about Thundercats, so we'll, we'll come up to that in a bit. Um, but yeah, definitely, it was, I mean, it was huge when it when it first launched. Yeah. That's, I mean, the, the toys were everywhere, um, which a, a lot of these uh, sort of action shows from, from the 80s, that was, I think we've discussed this previously as well, that was their primary motivator behind yeah. them is let's sell some toys. But I think the difference being that we talked on Who Wins about um, Mask as a prime example. Like Mask mm-hmm. was, Mask. the idea of Mask was predicated on selling toys. Yeah. It was about what, how, how can we get these really cool cars in? How can we get these? And it was just to sell the, the toy of the car. Whereas if you look at Thundercats, that the way it was done, okay, it was quite clumsy in places, and we'll come onto the structure in the episodes and stuff, but it was a four-series arc. Oh, yeah. I mean, it that, was a proper show, yeah, and the, 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 the toys, toys were spin Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, um, the, the toys weren't the primary focus in this. The, the, the story yeah. was, and I think that's telling a lot more than a lot of shows at the time, which were predicated, as I said, on selling toys. Yeah, I mean, I certainly as a kid, I don't think I was really aware of the the master story arc within Thundercats. No. Um, I've rewatched it several times since as a whole run of a show. Yeah. Uh, I've not made it all the way through for this podcast, but I, I have rewatched Thundercats since. And it is something I enjoy rewatching. It does have an actual arc. Yeah. Uh, and there were a few cartoons of this of this time that had that. You had things like Jason the Wheel Warriors and Ulysses as well. And those, those kind of things that also had that arc. And even though I mentioned He-Man earlier on, I feel like Thundercats belongs side by side with those rather than it does with He-Man. It's just yeah. that it's on that same kind of, I think, cultural impact level as He-Man was. Yeah, so, I'd say so. Yeah, but it, it definitely did have a... Um, I mean, when you watch it back, there is very definitely a pilot episode that gives yeah. you the whole background of all the characters. They don't just throw you in. No, that's right. And um, I mean, I when the DVDs came out, I bought them in, in the volumes. And I think that come, I think there were three or four volumes. Mm. Um, but I did, I did exactly what you'd expect with a box set and a sad fucker like me. I, I picked them up and I just sat there. I, I think I put the first one on about nine o'clock at night. And at two o'clock in the morning, I was like, right, okay, that's done now. Yeah. And then got a bargain for going to bed late and stuff, and all yeah, that yeah. sort of stuff. But it, it was one of those that even as a person in my late 20s, early 30s, I could sit there and go, okay, right, that's the next one, next one. And just kept on watching it. So that's a box set binge model that you now get with Netflix and stuff. Yeah. And it was just like, oh, I've got to change the disc. Okay, that's a, that's a natural point to go to bed. Yeah. Fuck it and put the next one on, and that's just kind of how it worked. And even as I being in my late twenties, early thirties at that point, it still captured me in the way not the way it had as a child, but I could watch it and go, "Fucking hell, I remember that." Yeah, it, it's it's a bit of an odd one like that because there is there is definitely that element that you can binge watch, but it's also geared towards a younger audience in as much as there is this overarching story but it does take about three or four seasons to tell it all because within 
within that structure, it is very much still a simplistic, like, here's the enemy this week. Yes. Lionel's going to fight him. Lionel's going to win. Mumra's going to live to fight another day. Yeah. And somewhere in the middle of all that, they'll find a, a way of furthering the arc slightly. I mean, in season one, it's all very much about establishing the base on Thundera, and you've got Panther actually building the Thunder Attack and building the Cat Slayer yeah. and stuff like that. And and so you see some progression throughout the season. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about that. Um, we can talk about that now, actually, because the way the way the first season was structured, it was so kind of split in two. Mm-hmm. So you had the first half of the season was getting to Third Earth, setting everything up, getting introduced to you know, to the, um, the to the, the villains and the sort of you know, the the allies on the planet and things like that. So yeah. introducing the mutants, introducing uh, introducing um, the robots, robo burbles. That's them, yeah. Also known as not the Ewoks, lest they be sued. <laughs> Honestly, not the Ewoks. Because they're robots. They're exactly. not Ewoks. Yeah, that's it. They're definitely not Ewoks. Yeah. Um, so, like, introducing that sort of stuff. But then the second half of the season, which I hadn't realized until I watched it back, it, it, the second half of the first season was about um, Lionel becoming leader of the Thundercats. Yeah. He had his, his, his trials or his ordeals, which, um, um, and the way they were set out was obviously you couldn't have episodes without the, the mutants or without some sort of, of yeah. interference, but at the same time, it was about his his trial against the other Thundercats. So in the first one, he was a, a test of strength against Panther, and the second one was a, um, a race against Chitara. Mm. Um, I think the third one was a test of wits against Wily Kid and Wily Cat. So it was all about this, but then you had the mutants sort of trying to interfere. And then, so the, the point of the, the, the point you got to the end of the first season was that he was basically the genuine leader of the Thundercats, not just the fact that he was um, he was the son of a king. Yeah. Or so. Um, so, I mean, that, that, they kind of did that. They, the way it was written was set up that way. Um, just looking at it now, there are five trials. So, t- Trial of Strength was the first one against Panther, as I said. The second one, Trial of Speed against Chitara. Third was a Trial of Cunning against uh, the Thunder Kittens, so Wiley Kitten, Wiley Cat. I never knew they referred to as Thunder Kittens before. Did you not? Not, not? If I did, it hadn't stuck. Thunder Kittens is the best name that there's never been for a girl band. Copyright us. Yeah. So when we when when that emerges, that's no us pulling strings. Yeah. Uh, fourth day was trial of mind power. So Lionel pits against Tiger in a mind based challenge, and the last day trial of evil. Lionel had to defeat Mumra. Uh, in trial of evil, Lionel discovered Mumra was highly dependent on the sarcophagus inside which he'd be mummified. Uh, on all four days except the last, the mutants tried to interfere with the trial so they could force the Thundercats to remain leaderless. So that was kind of their into that whole story arc there. Um, the problem was they were intended to be viewed consecutively, but the way they were broadcast, they fucked it up. So you had day one, six yeah. episodes, day two, three episodes, and they kind of balls up the sequence and other. And it's only when you come to the re-release, they're done in the right order. Yeah. I mean, this is the problem, I think, with a lot of these um, cartoons of the era, which were seen as children's shows. <laughs> um, I mean, there's an argument with Thundercatty. As I said, yes, there is definitely an element of, it, of a children's action serial to it. But they, with this overarching structure as well, because of the way it was aired... Then it, it could completely cock that up, you know. See also D'Artagnan, which we've talked about. Yes. If that that would just be aired in any old random order, and it's definitely meant to be viewed yeah. from start to finish. Um, the first season of Thundercats, particularly as you say, deals with, and this is rare, I think, in definitely in in Saturday morning kids shows and things like that. Very much deals with Lionel's hero's journey. He doesn't start and you know start as like in He Man. We understand if he manages straight away. It takes like one episode, and then he manages established. Yeah. Lionel grows into a hero. Oh, definitely. Over the and I feel like he's probably well, not probably, definitely is easier to identify with, despite the fact he's a 
mutant cat, essentially. Yeah. Uh, he's easier to identify with as a character because of that, and especially as a child as well. He's a child in a man's body because yeah. of the hypersleep. No, it's interesting you said that, because I was talking to somebody yesterday about this, um, that said we were doing this podcast, and he was asking what it was about, and he hadn't realised that, having seen it as a kid, he's our age, so uh, having seen it as a kid, he hadn't realised that Lionel was a child in a, man, in a man's body. Wow. And it's only rewatching it as an adult, he then sort of took that on, and it gave him a whole different reading of it. Yeah. Because as a child, it was just the oh, see these anthropomorphized cat human yeah, yeah. things that were fighting against evil, mm-hmm. and he hadn't no, he hadn't picked that part of the story up. So it was interesting for them to then go back to it again. It's that duality, like that is there as a child. You're watching it, and you're like, yeah, Lionel's got the cool sword, and Snarf is cute and funny, and, and there's a tank fighting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so you're watching it on that level. Yeah. But watching it back, there is a lot more there, and not just to Lionel's character either. There's also like the, the relationships within. The Thundercats themselves, you can see sort of Tigra as the actual natural leader of the group. Yeah. Just kind of, and, and he's always just that little bit standoffish with Lionel because of it. Not, yeah. He's never an arsehole, he understands the hierarchy of command, but he's clearly the right person to lead the group. Yeah, and it's kind of what we had this conversation when we did um, an episode about um, Ninja Turtles, when we did um, on, on Who Wins. There's, there are elements of that with um, with Raphael and Leonardo as well. And the, yeah. In... Some element, in some aspects, and certainly in later versions, um, they explore that sort of the leadership challenge. But you don't get that in cast because there's that sort of natural order where, and it's explored in I think it's the newest the, the remake they did in 2011, where you had Lionel's father with King Claudius, I think his name was, um, and so because of that he was the king and Lionel was his son. Therefore, mm-hmm. there's a natural order and it's not challenged. Yeah, and I think that's sort of implied all the way through, but you never really, really have enough of it in, in the original series. Yeah, I, I, and I think there's. Even though there is the, the challenge there, it's always more of a... It is almost fatherly between the two of them. It's almost like, uh, I know better than you, so listen to me. Yeah. Essentially. Because the whole... Especially for the first couple of seasons, the whole arc amongst the entire group, including Snarf, who is actually supposed to be the nanny. Yes. And and the kittens is all about, let's protect Lionel. Yeah. Not let's follow him, let's protect Lionel, let's yeah. let him grow. Let him develop, let and, him evolve. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it, it's all about defending the leader and letting him grow. And that's it. And I, think, I mean, if you look at the characters and the way this they said, and we'll jump around quite a lot on this one, I mm-hmm. imagine, but like, if you look at the characters, say, Tiger's kind of fatherly, kind of paternal. He definitely is, yeah. Shatara's kind of a cross between the mother and the cool aunt. Yeah, yeah. Because you know, she, she gives him a bit of freedom, gives him a bit of rope, but then kicks his ass when he gets it wrong. Yeah. And Panther is kind of like the, the the very cool older brother or cousin who will just lead him off, lead him in astray, and no. and he's always there when he if he gets into shit. Yeah, he, he, he's like, like, yeah, he's, shit he's, goes down. He's sorting it out. That's it. Like, <laughs> that's it. And I mean, that was if you look at that as a sort of as a sort of family dynamic, which is kind of the way it was. It, they set definitely up. are a family. Yeah, yeah. and like, you know, to the point where you've got the older siblings in um, Kit and Cat. Yeah, you, you've you've got that older, you've got that support structure, which it, it's not okay because of the. The way it's written, the way it's on paper, the fact that they are entirely separate. Mm. It's it's interesting to see the way that that um, that group dynamic kind of came about and the way it does present itself. Yeah, and I don't know how intentional that was or how it just sort of evolved as the characters developed. I I think it's got to be entirely intentional from day one. It's so integral to the show. I mean, undoubtedly it grew with the show, but it is very clear. All of those characters have a very clear role in the hierarchy. Uh, even I mean we haven't talked about him yet, but then even when you look at um, Jaga as the 
the mentor essentially yeah. the, not an obi-wan copyright reasons not obi-wan kenobi yeah not at all Absolutely in no not. way no not a force ghost uh, <laughs> but still he's there for a very specific yes. reason um, and they do that very well throughout the whole show uh, yeah. the writing is such that everybody has a purpose yeah uh, and it is yes it's a a silly show about mutant cats fighting other mutants on an alien planet with robot teddy bears and a giant tank and a sword that grows in size. Yeah. And yes, it's silly, but they take it so fucking seriously. And, think, and you can see that, and that's why it endures. But I think that's it. I mean, I think the danger could have been... It could have, you could have very easily taken this to a sort of slapsticky level where... You have this um, this sword that grows when he's in trouble. No, it's not at all phallic and all the rest. Oh of it. no, no, um, and, he's not at all getting an erection. No, no, and no, and it's you know you have this very obvious um, these are very obvious relationships, and then you this slightly seedy, seemingly eerie relationship between a much older man and a man cub. You know, mm-hmm. There, there, there could have been, and there have been in other shows that parodied it, and other things like when Family Guy looked at things like yeah. that. that, that it would have been very easy to make it sort of a very self-aware parody and to make it quite knowing to have these sort of little winks and nods, but they didn't do it. They took, they played it straight off the bat. Yeah. Everything is played a hundred percent straight. Yeah. Yeah. It was completely down the line, completely down the middle. And because of that, it, it did open itself up to a lot of mockery. Mm. Um, but at the same time, if it didn't take itself seriously, I think it wouldn't have, wouldn't it have lasted. Would, no, it would be He-Man if it didn't take itself seriously. Yeah. It would, you know, it would be, it would be cartoony. And yes. it's not. It's so fucking earnest. It's ridiculously earnest when you watch it. They, yeah. they really are taking it seriously. Uh, yeah, I'd say so. And as, as I said, we, we will I will come on to many other shows on this on this podcast where that wasn't the case, and it becomes very you know, tongue in cheek yeah. and very not. And, and I think it's a big part of, of of the reason why it's never actually been handled in live action. Yeah, because it is so earnest that I don't think in live action you could do something that silly and take it that seriously and let it fly. You you get away with it by virtue of removing yourself slightly through the animation, I think. Yes. Uh, I, and I don't think that would fly in live action. It would no, I don't. I mean, I've, I have issues with a lot of the stuff that's been done with live action now that people are effectively just cashing in on the fact they haven't got an original idea. Mm. Um, and I think that possibly that, as I said, this is, as you said, this is a show which wouldn't translate to that. I mean, you could you could do something like He-Man as live action. Yes. Because you have... it's You just make it silly. Yeah. You, it's Thor. Look, yeah. Let's call it what it is. The Thor films are He-Man films. Yeah. Exactly. They absolutely are. Yeah. Okay, so it's that. You just make it... You play it tongue-in-cheek and you make it silly. That was the mistake the first Masters of the Universe film made. It took itself seriously. Yeah. You can't do that. No, that's right. Uh, Transformers understood that straight away. Yeah. the first one they've now got to a point where they are taking themselves seriously and they've got progressively worse as they've gone on for that reason yeah that's right but the first one did not take itself seriously at all and yeah. it worked because of it yeah um yeah. so yeah i think you're right and i think about say trying to recreate something like this as live action i don't think it would work. and i think that you'd be so distracted by the representation of the characters as well yeah yeah definitely because i mean how would how they would design the characters in such a way that you w- you wouldn't look at them and go yeah, he just looks like a twat. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, you'd have to adapt those costumes and stuff like that. But but things like that. Well, even like the faces and the way that you, you present that, I don't think. True. Yeah. I don't, I, because you because they they are anthropomorphized cats. I can never say that word properly. So apologies for anybody listening who thinks I'm a dickhead. I am, but not for that reason. Call them mutants. I've been doing it for a reason. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the, the 
trying to trying to depict that in a way that doesn't look very obviously CG and very out of place, mm. or no, it doesn't look like the Cowardly Lion from Wizard of Oz, where you've just got basically a plastic nose yeah, on yeah. the face. No, it's not going to look right, and it's going to detract from what you're actually viewing and what and how you how you engage with that character and engage with that story. And I think for that reason, it's possibly for the best they haven't tried to go down that route. I mean, when they rebooted in 2011, they did a, a sort of an anime-looking CG yeah. effort, which didn't look that bad. I've not seen... I love the look of it. I've only seen... I've never watched it. I've seen some snippets of yeah, it. Yeah, same here. I think it looks fantastic. Yeah. I think the redesign of the characters is excellent. Um, and it's, from what I have seen, it was really, really well animated. Uh, yeah. There was some money behind that thing. You yeah, there was. It's evident. Yeah, and I think the, the problem was there was a lot of money behind it, but people didn't engage with it because it was aimed at an audience that was too young for yeah, it was named. I think it was named a sort of six to twelve demographic, and realistically, the people that they, as we talked about with with um, things like Batman, when we did Batman the Animated Series, it was a kids show, but it was aimed at a, a far higher demographic because okay. they they realised what they had with it. Um, Thundercats, they tried to make it a bit darker, a bit grittier, but not really change who they're aiming at. Yeah, so they marketed it as a kids show. They marketed it as being for that age group, and people just went. What the fuck's this? This isn't Pokemon. Yeah, I, I think the problem is that there is obviously um, a generational shift as well, and time has moved on, and children are different now as well. Uh, and what they're going to want from a show is different. So when we grew up and we watched Thundercats, you know, a half-hour show where they beat the shit out of people, and it was showing us alien worlds and these these robot bears and these tanks and stuff. That was all great because we weren't seeing things like that on yeah. the reg. Okay, we're now in a, in a situation where kids are playing fucking PlayStation games from the age of four or five, yeah. and they're seeing these very real, yeah, computer generated worlds. And film has moved on to to a point where we can show almost anything on screen. So there's no spectacle involved yeah. anymore in just watching a space battle. Yeah, that's right. And, and so kids, you almost need to dial things back and dumb it down slightly. If you look at um, Ninja Turtles is a prime example in the most recent incarnation of Ninja Turtles. They went through a point where they got progressively darker with Ninja yeah. Turtles. And then the more recent Nickelodeon incarnation, the way they're kind of, uh, this, they're kind of like a chunky, almost CG-looking yeah. feel to them. And, and yeah. they look more cartoony than ever. Yeah, they've, they've kind of gone back to sort of the, the more silly childish aspect as well they've yeah. taken away any sort of character any sort of grit or any sort of depth to it yeah they've gone back to what what would have been our original exposure to and the, the kind yeah. of hero tales and just updated it from there yeah and, and i think that's probably because something similar was tried with the he-man reboot as well and that yeah. fell on its ass yeah and i mean like looking at the um the, the blurb on the 2011 series the, the new thundercats was it animation. 2011 was it that long ago i thought wow. i thought it was about 2015 but yeah, yeah so did I. according yeah. to um tinderweb it's 2011 um done by an animation studio um as i said a lot of money a lot of effort went into it they brought back a lot of the the, um, the voice cast as well yeah yeah, yeah. Was, um, it, was, it was mostly original cats um the guy, uh, the guy who played um, Lionel came back as um, King Claudius because yeah. he didn't sound yeah, like yeah. a child anymore, so, so they, they recast that. Um, but the new series made it clear in the very beginning they were not adhering to the original storyline. Um, so in the original series, they left Thundera which, as a last their race. It was um, The yeah. planet was destroyed um, to run Third Earth. In the new series, the very first line states Thunderans are already on Third Earth. Um, so they're, no, they're already there, yeah, they've already colonized right, yeah. and all the rest of it. Um, the, the writers have used Thundera, but it's not clear whether Thundera is a planet or whether it's a continent or a kingdom. Or no, it's not. They've not really stuck with it. Um, and then it kind of fell by the wayside. So they, they targeted it wrong. 
merchandise didn't sell and it was cancelled after a season, which is a shame. And yeah. one thing I did see, um, I remember seeing at the time, which I thought was more recent, but um, they were re they released a 30-inch um, fit action figure of Lionel and a 30-inch action figure of Mumra. Wow. So two and a half feet of plastic. That, wow. Like, I'd have bought that. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'd have been killed for it, but I'd have bought that. Yeah. And then there were plans for the other characters as well, but they, it was all based on pre-sales and they didn't get the support, so they didn't release them. There's something a little bit creepy about releasing a two-foot-ish Chitara. <laughs> well, as long as the mouth doesn't open. I mean, yeah, you know there are people out there that... Uh, I mean, look, let's face it, we all had a thing for Chitara. You release that doll, and there are people out there that are... Mm, yeah, yeah. There's something a little bit wrong about that. Yeah, I think that says more about you than me, but... <laughs> I'm not saying I'm one of those people. I'm yeah, just saying, yeah. like, come on. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, but the... What it goes to show is the support wasn't that the, the support they thought they had for it didn't translate because they didn't play on we're remaking the original series yeah, or we're going yeah. we're we're ex expanding the universe as was they tried to restart they rebooted, it yeah uh, they rebooted it and it didn't take because they didn't take it because of the fact that people they needed to support it are now in their thirties. There's there's an element there as well which um, we've talked about in in some of the other shows when we've talked about rebooting. The, I think the way to approach something like that, uh, Doctanian is probably the, the the most the best example of it. Then, even though that series came much earlier, the second series of that, um, we watched Thundercats as children, and we're now of an age where we have children of our own in our generation that we can watch Thundercats with. Yeah. So if we want to expose them to that and watch this new show, we want our Thundercats. Yes. We want our children to watch our Thundercats. Yeah. Not this rebooted version. So it has to. Either retell it as we remember it, or pick it up where from it where it left off. Yeah. yeah, if it wants to be commercially successful, yeah. that's not to say that's the most creative way to do things. But if you want it to be successful, that's what you need to do. That's and that's it. why so many of the films that are getting rebooted and remade at the moment aren't drastically different to the originals. No, that's right. And it, like talking about films, there was talk of a film in two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Um, in 2008, 2009, Warner Brothers uh, was in the process of creating a CGI animated film based on the, the original series. Um, the room the original story expanding on the events of the first episode and the film's concept artwork uh, contained the main character like Blade on three locations. Two-minute test scene was filmed and presented to Warner Brothers where the movie put on indefinite hold, uh, uh, likely due to the critical and commercial failure of Speed Racer um, at the same time. So they had none. There was talk of they doing it. Doing they, were, it yeah. they were sort of seriously investing in doing it and then balls up Speed Racer effectively. So it was going to be like a live action CG hybrid like Speed Racer. Because see again I, I don't I'm not sure it's, a, it's just creating a CGI animated film so yeah. I mean maybe they were looking at Look, if you if you give me a fully animated CG Thundercats film right I'm now there. then fuck you take all my money. Yeah I'm there. Like, you can have it all. That's right? it. I mean no, I, I mean I said this the show was my childhood. Yeah. So I mean I'm fucking there. Um, and commercially was the reason they didn't do it and I think the the, the quote-unquote failure of the 2011 series would kind of support that yeah. uh, to a point where they say, well, hang on, there's not an appetite for it. And I think they, not, that's not necessarily true. I think that there it, would be an appetite for it, but they'd have to play it in the way we were just talking about, where the appeal needs to be. And it's not trying to appeal to a whole new generation of fans on merit. Mm. It's going to be, okay, well, your parents like this, so we're going to kind of expose you to what we expose them to, just slightly update it and make it look a bit cooler and a bit more, yeah. a bit more modern. And as I said, the, the the artwork and the animation for the, the 2011 reboot 
It's fucking amazing. Oh yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd have, if I saw if I saw that now, I'd be looking at thinking, fucking, they've, they've done some work on that, and I'd, I'd I'd sit down and watch that. And I mean, I think that's that's where they kind of went wrong with it. And I think yeah. if I say if, if they were to do a film version of that, but in but telling the story that I want to see, yeah, again, I'm there. Oh yeah, totally. There is there is definitely a market for it. it Thundercats is one of those shows. I mean, there, there'll be many shows we talk about on this podcast. Uh, we, we've done some already. Things like D'Artagnan and things like uh, Animaniacs, where people have kind of forgotten about them until you mention it. When you say yeah. to somebody, D'Artagnan and the Three Mask Count, okay, oh yeah, I remember, I remember that. that. Everybody, if you ask anybody to name a cartoon from their childhood, like if we're playing Family Fortunes, Thundercats is in the top three. Yeah. From anybody. Regard, I think if, if you're around about your 30s to mid-30s now, regardless of gender or background, Thundercats is it. Name yeah. one, Thundercats. Absolutely. I, th- I think Straight away. I mean, we talked about um, Inspector Gadget in the first mm. in the first episode we did, and it's talked about how it's become culturally appropriate, and now it's at a point where it's it's accepted that people will remember, and people might not remember the ins and outs of it, but they will remember the dude in the, the grey trench coat and the hat with the fucking helicopter in it, and yeah, the sending yeah. arms and the, all the rest of it. So... And I think Thundercats had more of an impact than that because people will remember characters and they will remember things like the Sword of Omens and they'll remember yeah, the yeah. tank and shit like that. And then you talk, you know, I mean, you get into it, you talk, you know, the, the fucking toy line it had all the figures, didn't have the cat's legs in the tank um, because I had Ghostbusters as well. And, yeah, yeah. Saying, and there was one or the other in terms of cost and things like that. But the, the way the toys were constructed, yeah. Um, okay, the, the Thunder Tank was a bit thicker or a bit taller because you need to get the figures in. Yeah. So it wasn't a streamlined, it wasn't a screen, but the fucking thunder. Oh, it's the thunder. It's thunder, yeah. I mean, look, if, if you if you gave me an adult-sized, reasonably decent quality Sword of Offense toy now, yeah, I'll buy it. Well, you, like, look, you look at... <laughs> I you, will still buy you it. You look at the fact that you can buy fucking lightsabers. I'd rather have the Sword of Omens than yeah. a lightsaber. You, but you can buy... I really would. You can buy a full-size lightsaber. Yeah, yeah. And people are now making them that they can actually, you can fucking fight with them. Yeah, they're yeah. strong enough, they're not going to snap off at the hell. Yeah. Give me a sword of omen. Okay, maybe don't make it metal because I'll kill some fucker with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got to be but, It's got to be plastic. But some but, sort of plastic polymer or some sort of something that... As long as it lights up. Yeah. It lights up. up. You don't necessarily want one that grows because it's going to be a bit shitty in the bit now. No, it. but I think you want the hilt to come out. You need to press a button so the hilt yeah, pops the hilt out, come out. and it lights up. And it lights up. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And absolutely. Definitely right. And I think that's... That's where they've missed a trick. They haven't kept... You know, there's a lot of merchandise about still. Lots of t-shirts and fucking things like that. Oh, well, them. I mean, the Thundercats logo is is iconic. Yeah. And, and that is a big part of why the show is into it. The design of that logo specifically yeah. is like... You don't need to see the text. You don't need to see the characters. Yeah, you, you, see, you see that red and black. Yeah. yeah. You see the eye with the with the Thundercat logo in it. Yeah. Like, and I mean, I, I when we were in Australia, I used to see lots of markets and shit out there, but... Even you you go to places that are, are very well stocked markets and they sell belts and it's that yeah. the fucking front and center belt, belt buckles are Batman yeah. and Thundercats. Well, it is that. I mean, it's very similar as well the way it's used in the show. It is essentially the bat signal. It is yeah. that iconic. That's you right. You see that it instantly says to you Thundercats. You know exactly what it is. Absolutely. And I think the fact that that has endured so well, give, it, it kind of. Gives rise to the fact there is still a desire for it. There's still an appetite for this oh, show. It definitely the stories. And it goes, and, and it's an appetite past nostalgia. We don't want to see more of it for nostalgic reasons. We want to see more of it because it's it fucking good. good. Well, that's yeah. it. And uh, we'll we'll go, we'll go back to the sort of the, the structure of it then. I mean, the first season was very much 
a first season, and I know it yeah. was all about setting Lionel up as the, the actual leader of the Thundercats, not just the fact that he was there. Mm-hmm. But then you looked at um, the the way they constructed it, Thundercats Ho, which was you know, the fucking first film I ever, you know, that blew my sweet, that it fits in. It's, it's it the has a place step. in the timeline. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you, you finish the first season, and you know, Lionel is now the anointed leader of the Thundercats. Yeah. You have this movie where Okay, they, they have more Thunderans. You've got um, mm. Link, Sorok, and Garli, and fuck the other one. God, name I can't remember. Don't really want to fuck the other one, but, but <laughs> yeah, um, the, the the other one was name I can't remember. Um, so you introduced new characters, and it explored more of, sort of the um, the history of Jargor and Groon and things like mm. that. So it, it fit in, and then the second season picks up where that finished up, where it finished off. So the series returns. Um, it's revealed that Mumra survived. Doesn't really have. Uh, doesn't say how, but. Mumra, the ever living. Yeah, but <laughs> that's yeah. all you need. <laughs> but we'll come on to that in a second because yeah. that's the way that character's done. But the, the the first episode of season two is Mumra lives. Yeah, and you come straight back into fucking hell. Now this is yeah, yeah. this is going to go on. So this this then sets up the next three seasons and it sets it up from this point all the way through to the end of the show. Um, so. The way it's set up is that the, the season begins with a five-part miniseries, which is a five-part story, the same way the season one f- should have finished with day one, two, three, four, five of yeah. Lion's Trials. This then sets up five episodes to start each season, and then you go into you know, Story of the Week and all the rest of it. Um, but then that was that's that those five episodes then go into your continuity for the rest of your, the rest of your season, mm-hmm. and that's done the whole um, the whole way it did, the, the whole way the show was set up. So I mean. Um, in the case of season two, uh, there'd be the, the lunatics, which you hadn't had in season one. Um, in season three, you had um, you started off with um, thunder cubs, so they're transformed into children, and then it's the whole point is that Mumra recreates Thundera, he yeah. makes new Thundera, and then they, they go looking to plunder it. Um, and then season three was my favourite actually, um, not because of the thunder cubs, but I thought that was a bit shit. But the fact that you then have more more interaction with Mumra yeah. and the spirit, the spirits of evil, and the fact that they, the spirits of evil, then become a character in their own right. Yeah, and then you know, um, again, spoilers for sh- when is season three de- uh, debut? Nineteen eighteen. No, really? Yeah, so, like, yeah, yeah. I think anything we talk about on this show is fair game for spoilers. I think so. I think the whole point of the show is yeah, yeah. Um, but so the whole thing of giving Mumra a quest that Mumra yeah. has to fucking what was it? Um, has to destroy the Thundercats by sunset. And he fails, so they then banish him to the far corner of the fucking universe. Yeah. No, this whole thing of Mumra now has a purpose. He's not just there. He's not just evil. He's not just there yeah. and evil. He actually has a job to do. Yeah. No, you have to go and fucking find the sort of no the, the book of omens. You have to destroy the Thundercats. No, you failed. Okay, off you. Off fine. you go. Yeah. And then um, don't remember series four as well, um, but the opening miniseries, um, Peter Lawrence's Return to Thunder and Thundercats Return to New Thunder of Rebuild Society. Um, before the, before departing, they destroyed Mumra's pyramid, pissing off the ancient spirits of evil. So they then bring back Mumra for one last hurrah. So again, it kind of sets up the th- you get the impression that the whole point of season three was the end of the show. Yeah, they get they get Thundera back. Mumra's banished and he's gone Arch forever. Yeah, yeah. But then they went, we can get another show out of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so then they innocently enough destroy the pyramid, thinking it's going to be the end of all evil. But it then actually just unleashes power from there. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, the way it's all kind of set up, it's it's really interesting, and the, the whole thing that you still at this point if they're, they're thinking right, okay, overarching narrative. Yeah. Season four looks like a bit of a bolt on, but 
it's still no. but it works but it works yeah, yeah. because it's not they've not gone okay well 10 years ago we had this really good show and it kind of finished and it ended and it was all done and yeah, nicely yeah. wrapped up in a bow and we'll just tack another season on because we want to cash in they kind of just ran with it and went mm-hmm. yeah fuck it let's put another series in yeah. people want to see it people don't want it to end so let's yeah. run with it um, I, I'd forgotten until um, doing research and I didn't Rewatch every episode. I didn't get to the end of the there are too many. The hundred and thirty episodes. Yeah, haven't really. We'll talk about that. I mean, we've talked about that in the other episode as well. But the whole, the end of it is that one of the key moment, key defining moments of the the end of season four is Mumra stands up and successfully asserts himself over the ancient spirits of evil. He's not their puppet anymore. Yeah, and it's like fucking hell. That that's Re- growth. Redemption in, question. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's growth right. in your villain. Which I mean, you don't you don't see that now. All you, the only time you see things like that in in these shows really is you get the inevitable team up episode, yeah, where they have to team up with a hero because there's a bigger evil, and then they maybe learn a little something about but themselves then they by the following be, week. Yeah, yeah it's just an evil prick again. Yeah, but you don't get that. Um, so no, Mumra stands up to and successfully asserts himself over the ancient spirits of evil. The mystery of the Book of Omens is the last solved. So the fact is, again, you've gone through this show and you've you've got to the end of your yeah. quest. Um, and the tumultuous and terrifying environment of Thundera at last rendered peaceful and pristine. So the fact is, they get home. Yeah. Their home was destroyed and it's rebuilt and it goes. everything goes back to quote-unquote normal. Normal, yeah. No, And I think that was... Again, we've talked about this before and we've talked about who wins, we've talked about on this show, but the, the, the fact that they actually put this whole arc in and they ended it. Yeah. And they went from start to finish and they, they hit all their points. Or maybe they didn't hit all their plot points and maybe there were things they didn't finish. But the key plot points were ended. Yeah, yeah, they they landed it. Yeah, they did land it properly. Yeah, and like for me, that's why it's disappointing that then when they did the twenty eleven series, they kind of went, "Well, fuck all that." Yeah, we'll start again. Yeah, we'll start again and do our own bit. That's not what people wanted to see. No, we wanted to see the continuing story of Thundercats. Yeah, and okay, like it's kind of difficult because Mumra's kind of pussied out at this point, and it's it's finished. It's all done. It's all finished. But at that point, the question's got to be: Why go back? Why not leave it? Because it's done, and yeah. it's my big thing with reboot, reboots. And um, I think it was when uh, Gus Van Sant did Psycho, and he made it shot for shot, pretty much. Yeah. Um, and the whole thing was because I—it's a film I loved, and I—I I identify with. If you love it that much, leave fucking it leave it alone. Yeah. Don't fuck it up for the next generation. Yeah. Don't introduce a version of it which people will go, "Well, that was fucking bollocks. What did you do that for?" Yeah. Because the whole point of it is, it's done, it's finished, and you've wrapped it up with a nice little bow. If it—if it—it's that important to you. Don't fuck it about. No, do something inspired by it. Yeah. And don't. I mean, it's my whole thing with reboots anyway, is that are you that fucking devoid of, of ideas? You have to go back to the well and take something that meant something to you, meant something to a lot of people, and piss in it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just purely, as I said earlier, it's purely for commercial value. That is the whole thing. It's like, our generation liked it, so now we'll sell it to the generation below us, knowing that we'll go and watch it. Yeah, but it's not... But the whole point of it is, or the whole failing of it, is that the next generation don't give a fuck. No. Because it's not in their wheelhouse. So no, we, no. we talked about, um, on, it was on the last one, uh, my brother's Titanium one, we talk about uh, like children's shows now, which are four or five minutes long. Yeah, it's and the YouTube equivalent. It's the cheap yeah. animation, yeah. really, you know, churn out a couple hundred episodes, but you know, it's crap quality, but that's what kids expect now. They don't expect storytelling. They don't expect no. So you produ- you reproduce a show from your childhood, for argument's sake, you remake, th- remake Thundercats and you make 20, 25-minute episodes of an arc of 30, 40 episodes. Kids go, what the fuck mention this for? That's boring. That's too long. Mm. I, can't, I, I can't sit down and watch that. I'm not interested. 
I think I think it's telling um, to get slightly well. It's not off topic. It's just about a different show. Uh, if you look at the Ducktales reboot, which has had a lot of publicity lately, uh, and Ducktales for us as kids was a half-hour show. Yeah. It's an adventure show. Certain overarching story, not really, but yeah, it was. There was enough of it. There was enough there. There were recurring characters and things. Uh, I mean, we're not fully into the first season of the reboot yet, but all of the pre-launch stuff has been in the episodes that they've shown beforehand, just to show off what they're doing. Have been like two and a half, three minutes long, because kids can't hold their attention for more than that. And I think days. I think that's probably the wrong thing to say because kids can. If they're not given the opportunity to, and because yeah. of that, they become accustomed to a two, three, four, five minute segment, yeah. and that's the show. Whereas, like we talked about Animaniacs, and any one of those stories in an Animaniacs episode, and yeah. we are getting off point of ever, any one of those could have been an episode in its own right. Yeah. But you put three or four of them together. Yeah. And no, Animaniacs could have run for fucking years of doing five, ten minute snippets and have more episodes. They were the same content, but more episodes. Mm-hmm. But they didn't because the appetite was let's have a, let's fill a thirty minute show. Let's put stuff on that kids are going to fucking watch. Yeah. They're going to come off from school, put their cartoons on, and they're going to watch. And all of a sudden, it's, yeah, let's make fucking Peppa Pig, which is two minutes, and in the end, everybody falls over laughing. Whoopty fucking do. Yeah. yeah. As you may guess from this show, and there will be several rants about Peppa Pig, I fucking hate Peppa Pig. Possibly because I've been so exposed to it, but possibly because of the guy who made it. But very little effort into it. It's just sold the fucking company for two billion quid. Mm. You know, the, the whole thing is that there's not... The respect or the reverence for children's TV that there was. Definitely. And not. we'll the whole point of this show, and we'll go through instantly, we, we won't just talk about cartoons, there will be other shows that we, we loved as well, which are sort of live action and things like that. But the whole point is that when our kids are our age, what are they gonna look back on? Yeah. Yeah. Are you are you really telling me that they're gonna look back on something like fuck it no, something like Peppa Pig with the same fondness that or the same nostalgia, the same respect and reverence that we're looking back at things like He-Man and Thundercats and Batman. Because where's your story arc? Where yeah, that you know? mythology is not there. No, that's the thing. That's the, it. the mythology isn't there for it. Like we, we as children bought into these stories and worlds and mythologies and characters. Yeah. And, and you don't get that in a throwaway no. five-minute cartoon. And the thing is, it's not just TV as well. I mean, you look at sort of the way... Societies evolved. You look at the Greeks and their storytelling, the Romans and their storytelling, the Norse and all the mythology and everything there. There are traditions, and you had oral traditions when stories were passed down. Then, no, with the introduction of the printing press, things were written and you had books. Like now, what are you getting? You're getting mm. YouTube. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And as much as YouTube has its use, you know, that's where most of the boot videos go. Yeah. Uh, because you can get them for free. It has its place in society, but in terms of the traditions of storytelling that have been passed down for fucking generations and through entire civilizations, will be lost by the fact that you can stick pictures of your cock on YouTube for five minutes and people will watch it because that's yeah, what, yeah. that's the that's, that's what they watch. Yeah. Now, yeah, and it's it's ruining where not just television is going, but it's ruining so ruining some of the traditions our society is built on. Mm. It's ruining. We're losing the art of storytelling. Yeah, definitely. I want to say losing it is it's evolving. changing, and it will always change. It will always yeah. evolve, and it has done over time. With the fact that you went from from an oral, no, from orators standing and telling parables and telling mm-hmm. stories into theatre, and it, then into television and into film, and now into games, and now and now into games, and that you have narratives and you have information passed down. But the generation that follows us, it's not going to have that. Well, they they're not going to be talking about cartoons they're going to be talking about games because that's where this storytelling happens now hmm. 
this storytelling, this, you know, this maybe three or four game long story arc now happens in games. Yeah. It doesn't happen on TV anymore. No. And children are playing games earlier as well. And there's a big well, part... My, my worry is they're not. They're watching some other cunt on YouTube play it. Well, there's that as well. I mean, there's, the, yeah. there's the PewDiePie effect, I suppose. But that is getting them into gaming. And a lot of these stories now are happening in games. And that is what children are buying into. We're already starting to see it to a certain effect when you look at things like the recent re-release of the first three Crash Bandicoot games and everybody yeah. had an absolute nostalgia meltdown. I'm old enough to know that those games were horseshit then yeah. and they're horseshit now. Yeah. But there is a whole generation that was like five, six when those games came out and they were colourful and fun and they had a bit of a story and some characters. Mm. That's their Thundercats. <laughs> Yeah, that's the that's the thing. They they played Crash Bandicoot on the PlayStation. They didn't watch Thundercats on the TV. Yeah, you know. Uh, and I mean, I, I look. I play games as a kid too. I'm a, I'm a fucking Nintendo fanboy through and through. But games then were very much like there's no massive overarching story to a Mario game. There's no, very I, little to a Sonic game. No, that's it. No Mario, you pick up. And certainly, the th I mean, I my first exposure to Mario was on the Game Boy with the uh, with Super Mario. Mario, World. yeah. Was it Mario Land? It's Mario Land on the Game Boy. Yeah. Um, and that was my first thing, but you couldn't save it. No. It didn't fucking back it up for you. So no, no, no. if you died, you fucking died and you started again. Yeah. And that was the no, that was thing, and you were playing your way through a story. Whereas now, you know, games are that much bigger. But I think it was even Mario Land 2 when that came out on Game Boy. It had, I think they called it battery backup. It was effectively some sort of cheap RAM yeah, thing. Yeah, you had save files. Yeah, you had a save file. You could, you could plug it in and, yeah, job done. You could start from where you were. And you know, the, the game expanded, but you could pick it up and put it down. But, like now, you look at games now, you look at sort of the you know, PlayStation games and Xbox games where you're talking sort of 10, 12, 15 hours to finish the main narrative before yeah. you'd want your side quests and all the rest of it. And that's what a lot of people are doing. But then even that, I worry that the next generation aren't even going to get have the attention span for that. They're not going to have the, the confidence for that because they're going to want something that, done, sorry, yeah. uh, no, I can pick up and do it in 25, 30 minutes and that's that's a long game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Whereas now, I'm, the worry is that no, we'll lose no, as a, as a society we will lose that ability to focus on a story to tell to retell a story to a point where it's going to be right. It's five minutes and it's done, and your spectacle is going to disappear altogether. Yeah. Because for economy of scale, it's going to be right. Okay, I'm in and I'm done. And by the time that like Jess is now four, by the time Jess gets to the time she's twenty four, is she going to be able to sustain, sustain a narrative? She's telling a story that lasts more than two or three minutes. Yeah. And, yeah. No, I see your point. And it's it's worrying, and it's no, it's what's going what. Fear is going to happen is that we are going to lose as a society the ability to tell to tell stories that last. Mm. What we're on the plus side, what we're actually going to get is an entire generation that tells nothing but dick and fart jokes because that's about all you can get away with in two or three minutes. So it'll be fucking hilarious. No, we're alright, but there won't be a story. Yeah, we'll be fucked. <laughs> yeah, but you're right. That that that's what will come. There there won't be stories as such. There will be snippets and like. You can argue that's kind of what happened with the evolution of, of biblical stories. You had parables and things that would you could tell in a couple of minutes, but then they had that sort of denouement that people would then look at that and look at how that impacted them and how that changed them. And you always had that in these sort of Thundercats. I was getting back to Thundercats as well. Is that you had the moral at the end. So you had your act. You had your action. The story finished. There was always the bit at the end where they would address the camera. Yeah, you always had the, you know, the I mean, South Park, South Park ripped the fuck out of it for years. I learned something today. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and like Family Guy, I've taken a piss over with the, the, uh, the more you know snippets and stuff yeah, like yeah. that as well. But that was kind of it. The whole thing, you had your episode and then 
how that applied, how what, what came from that, what moral there was, what you learned from that, how you'd apply that, and then going forward, that would be kind of written into the, the way that character saw things because they, they drew they from experience. Yeah. And like it's no, it's not sort of the, the sitcom method, the sitcom method of everything starts and ends in the same place. And that's kind of where, you know, kids TV is now, the standalone episodes whereby mm-hmm. you start and Yeah, you reset every week yeah. you reset. There is no arc. Um these these I learned some of these segments at the end though, they are like there is definitely you can take that biblical parable approach to it, and that is definitely there. But let's be real about it. The reason they're there is so that they could get past the censors with twenty five minutes of gratuitous violence. Oh god, yeah. As long as it's fine. It's, fine. it's educational. Yeah, it's okay. That's it. At the end of it, they, you know, the character has learned something. They've evolved, and their moral code has been improved. It's totally fine to fight with swords. Yeah, as long as you learn something. Yes. What you generally learn is ow. Yeah, basically. but you learn something. I mean, I, I, I learned a lesson from from uh, the sort of moments myself. I mean, I remember going to St David's Day uh, one year in school, and I took my sword of omens. Only kid that went with the sword of omens. Cock. Right. Okay. Why I did it, I don't know. I deserve everything I got. <laughs> right. <laughs> I should not. Everybody else had a cheap ass plastic sword. Billy Big Balls over here has to take in the sword of omens. Right. One of the bigger kids comes along, takes a fancy to my sword of omens. Fucking steals it from me. Okay, I go home in tears. My mother storms down their house, demands my sword of omens back. Get it back. Great. Happy days. Next day in school, got the living fuck kicked out of me. <laughs> my own fault. My own fault. I learned a lesson from that. But the primary lesson I learned from that then is the following day, they were still going to kick the fuck out of me and instead I decided to kick them in the nuts first. <laughs> that day, I learned how to stand up to a bully. Yeah. But you learned. That's, but I learned. That's the thing. Yeah. And I think that that's, very, as, a, as, a, as a story, it's you know, a little on the nose, but it, can, it, it kind of sets the point. Yeah. It's that, no, that there is... What I'm saying is violence can't teach you things. <laughs> Absolutely. You learned from it and so did they. Yeah. They learned, don't steal from people because they'll kick you in the nuts. Yeah. Now, there, there's a cause and effect. There's a punishment to it. Now, you, 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 if you t- track it through, the cause and effect, you you took your sword, somebody took it. Yeah. Now, don't be flashed, don't show off, etc. Et yeah. Now, you then get it back now, through, yeah. through, now, through, not through your own means. You get it back, you get the fuck kicked out of you. Cause, yeah. effect. Yeah, yeah. Following day, you learned. Learned. you've learned. Yeah. <laughs> Strike first, job done. Yeah, and there's there's a learning progression for that. So as you said, violence you know, as as a tool. Yeah, to to get to that that moral point. So yeah, I mean, but uh, we're going well, massively off point from Thundercats, I know. But the whole the sort of omens was in the story. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the, but the, again, the, the way that episodes were structured, that was kind of it. It was cause and effect, and you learn something and you moved on, and that character evolves. And I say it was a it's a very it's an interesting trope that, that it's used less and less now. Like even like when let's say South Park used to do as a sort of fairly um, parody uh, parody tool, but it was there. And it's again, it seems to have just died off a bit. Where now it's just like, well, we're back where we were when we started. We reset, we reset, and everything's fine. So like from for our, your standard episode, I can, it's 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 kind of my barometer for kids TV because I've had to see so fucking much of it. But you look at Peppa Pig; they start they always start at the same point, and everyone's happy. There's an event which they don't understand and they learn about it and by the end of the episode, they've all kind of learned what it is. They all fall about laughing. They literally fall on their backs with their legs in the air laughing. And the next episode, it's like it never fucking happened. Yeah. And it's just pointless. And for me, that kind of sums up kids' TV. There's no point to it anymore. You don't learn anything from it. 
we really do sound like a pair of grumpy old bastards today. I've been a grumpy old fucker for years. So. Yeah, well, we really sound like it today. <laughs> like, in my day. In my day. Get my cane out of there. But, yeah, no, it's, it is it is worrying, though. And as, as storytellers and filmmakers, it, it is worrying that that's where kind of the appetite and the future generation is heading, is that there's not going... I don't see how there's going to be progressions of stuff of, of things like this and there's not there's not going to be the ability that for future generations to have anything to nostalgia to look back at because you look back at an episode like um, the clangers and what do you know from the clangers in three minutes uh, yeah. not not from so much from the original ones but certainly the new ones that are about now whoa whoa, whoa. there's new clangers yeah from about 2016 they're on CB, cbs every day what the fuck yeah. how has this passed me by oh this shit really yeah i mean it's Comparably to, you know, I was never a huge fan anyway, but certainly comparable to the, the originals, they're fucking rubbish. I love the original climate. Yes, yeah, I, I was never a massive fan, but okay, this is the age thing now, between us yeah. again. Now I know it's only like a couple of years, but it's yeah. a big couple of years. But like you look at the what's there now, and it doesn't even compare to what was there originally. And it's um, anyway, that's that's off point. But yeah, there's new climates. Wow. You've rocked my world now. You so, know what so, I'm doing when we finish this podcast. Now, so anybody tuned into Clangers episode. Anybody tuned into this to talk about Thundercats, I apologise because we left that one about twenty minutes ago. But <laughs> are these are they are they CG Clangers? No, they're fucking clay. They're, so they're still like proper Clangers. Yeah. Oh my god, I'm well, so excited! Well, I'm well, so finish, excited about this. When we finish, recording, I'll show you. But yeah, so uh, going back to Thundercats, I mean, there's a lot we haven't touched on yet. Um, like the. We'll, 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 we'll move on a bit so look, we talked about the episodes and the story arc and stuff and like, launched this into a 20 minute tirade about fucking storytelling but yeah that, that was off topic even by our standards yeah so sorry about that folks um, so go back to the cast then there was a massive cast of characters in, in Thundercats well it comes back to and um, we, we were too busy off on a rant but we, we touched on a few things in the course of that rant yeah. I was going to try and swing back around the Thundercats but then we went on to the next thing it definitely, in the same way, obviously not as on the nose, but in the same way that something like Ulysses did, it definitely drew very heavily, I think, from Greek mythology. And yeah. like I said, like the trials themselves, there's very much a trials of Hercules yes. type thing going on here. And it does take a lot of those character tropes and just knit them all in together. So yeah. there is a massive cast yeah. and everybody playing their own individual. Yeah. There's a massive character, uh, cast of characters and so the, the whole host of things. I hadn't realised. How many members of the cast, of the voice cast, do you think there actually were? There's not many, is there? Eight. Yeah, I there's knew like, there wasn't many. There's like 40 characters yeah, yeah, yeah. and eight cast. I, I didn't know that. I didn't know it was eight, but I knew it was a small cast. Yeah, I mean, I, I hadn't realised from watching stuff back, you can kind of pick up like it's the same actor doing a slightly different voice, and yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah. which is a bit iffy. And, I mean, again, it was the 80s, and that's kind of how they did things. And if you looked at it now, like, like The Simpsons will do, like certain, certain cast will do two or three voices. There are some who are there to do supporting voices, mm-hmm. so they don't have a whole... Like, you, know, you don't see Nancy Cartwright doing millions of characters. I think no. she does like two or three. Um, but you know, you have your supporting cast. But in this, everybody, with the exception of actually even um, Larry Kenny, who did Lionel, he did Jackalman and Snarf as well. I did not realise he did Lionel and Snarf. Yeah. Um, but then I mean, Snarf's fucking easy, isn't it? Because you just rock it, Snarf. Yeah. Off you go. Use um, paycheck. You done. Yeah, like um, Earl Hyman, who did Panthro, also did Red Eye and was Asian Spirits of Evil, and then. As you get into sort of the, the more supporting cast, like the person who did Jagger also did Mumra, Vosherman, Amok, and about seven fucking supporting cast. So mm. they, as, as they get, as they got sort of less high priority in terms of the actual story, their their vocal talent picked up more and more roles. Yeah, um, like Bob McFadden did, um, uh, did 
actually we had Snarf and Snarfer and then Snarf Egbert as well. So there are very there are various incarnations of so, um, Snarf. Yeah. Bob McFadden who did Snarf and Snarfer did Slythe, Tugman. Tugman. Uh, Tugman. <laughs> Uh, but you know, and, and anyone with tug in the character, fucking dodgy. But also did uh, Rotaro, Groom, Driller, Mole Master. So the, uh, they they became you know, more and more prolific. Yeah. Um, but like, to a point where again, you, you, the way they kind of do it now is that you'll have like, you look at an episode of some, some things now, and they're, they'll have the cast list, and they may not appear in every episode, but you'll have a cast list of forty or fifty fucking names. Yeah. Well, as we're talking about, we're eight talking people in the eight room. people doing forty characters. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it's. Again, it's the way it's put together. It's a lot more impressive when you look at that. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you look at the discipline of how it's not how it's done, and you wouldn't, you, you never got any sort of bleed. You never got any sort of problems with that. And we've talked about in other shows about sort of the production values and stuff. And we mm-hmm. talk about, you no, know, you talk about the vocal talent, and they've gone into this all out, and they've, you know, you, you've not had, oh fuck, I've got to this one today, right? Okay, hang on, just get my nose in and get them. They've, they've put them. Every character is really fucking well done. Oh yeah, the and voices like, are a big part of the characters yeah. here. Yeah. And like the animation, like we've talked in certain shows about sort of, you know, where you had animation studios dropping frames and you had the repeated repeated sounds mm-hmm. and stuff. But again, you didn't have so much of that. They, they went out and they, we're going to make this, this fucking episode is the one we're making. And then next week, that will be yeah. next fucking Well, they, the way they handled it was they, they completely split the, I know we talk about a lot of outsourcing with animation, yeah. but this wasn't quite that. They actually split the animation lock, stock, the lot mm. over to Japan. It was it was a studio that was their thing. Yeah. They animated Thundercats. Yeah. So yeah, it, it was even though it was, I think it was Rankin Bass was yes, involved was. somewhere along the line. Rankin, yeah. Rankin Bass paid for it basically. Right. Okay. Yeah. There was no actual animation done in the US. It all no. went. To it Japan. was all outsourced. Yeah. yeah. But it was outsourced to one place. And like we talked about with Batman, and there were sort of um, seven or eight fucking production houses. Yeah, yeah. To a point where one even got fired because they were so shit. Yeah. But there um, wasn't any of that. The no, continuity it, was there. Yeah. And like you see it with with like Simpsons, if you try and stuff, the Mike Rainey stuff that. It all goes to, to a rough draft in Korea. Yeah. So it's one place, and that is your fucking job. Yeah, you draw Thundercats. Yeah. If you take on any other contracts, that's fine. You, fucking Mr. Animator, that's your show. Yeah. You fucking do it. And you do it. And because of that, they did it, so, they did it a lot better than a lot of stuff you saw at the time. And, like, we've talked about the Hanna Barbera stuff where it was, you know, it was it was standard technique to reuse the frames. And like, they, uh-huh. like in the Flintstones, they made a joke about it. They'd be walking down the street and then they'd walk off the animation because yeah, they just yeah. didn't put the They'd make a joke of it. You didn't get that here. You didn't have the dropped frames. You didn't have repeated frames. It was just, right, okay, we're making this fucking show and we will do the best bargain show we can ever fucking yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to a point where you were talking sort of feature quality animation. Yeah. And that's why like, you look at um, you look at the, the, the episodes and you look at like Thundercast Ho, which was effectively a feature length episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was the same quality. Yeah. And it was great. And like it was only, no, the only, gl- uh, only glitch you ever had was um, when. I think it was when they tried to sell season two. Or they tried to sell season two to the UK distributors as a film, and they kind of stitched those five episodes, the the, the five uh, miniseries, uh, yeah. mini episodes together. Um, but like they, they left the title boards in and shit like that, so they kind of fucked it up. Yeah, and that was the only complaint you ever see anywhere online or any in any sort of the the, the, write, the writings about it. The only thing you ever see was that was where they fucked up. But the quality and everything that was there, and the, sort of the, the build quality and the production quality. Compared to other shows at the time, even though we've talked about some, um, we talked about some of the issues that were in, in other shows. You you never see anywhere written that they fucked it up. No, and it was always spot on. And like going back to watching it now, like obviously, it looks kind of dated now because even though it's a cartoon, obviously the quality and the the, the, the yeah, filming yeah. and stuff like that, the way it was all put together, that's always going to kind of show a bit in the resolution and stuff. But even now, you look at it and you're not looking, thinking, oh fucking hell, I wouldn't have done that. Yeah, yeah. It, it stands up in that respect. Now technically, it stands up. 
Yeah, it looks great. And even down to the things like um, the, the character design, which obviously to a certain extent is going to be led from from the writers and the production. But when you, when you look at a character like we mentioned earlier, when you look at Slythe, for instance, yeah. there is there is a very distinct voice that fits that character and an animation style and the way he moves and yeah. he's slightly hunched. And it's it's not just being thrown away. It's not just being like, draw me another mutant. Yeah. There has been thought and effort yeah, and time gone right. into the creation of a character, and that is why they endure. Yeah. It's the same with the Thundercats themselves. You know, they've all got like very distinct personality traits. As we said, we know that Panther is the fighter, and we know that Chitara is the runner, and so she needs to be athletic. But when you look at the design of them, then they they've matched them to yeah. a specific type of cat, and they've brought those features through in their designs. Yeah. You know, even things like Tiger with the stripe in his hair and things like that. They. Yeah. They've matched that design. That's right. And that there was a lot of care and attention on into that. Like, you'd expect it with your, your leading, you know, with the Thundercats, with the principal characters. Yeah. But even the so the um, the the way they've done the the villains as well, like Vulture Man was, you know, he looked like a not big fucking vulture, yeah, but yeah. He, his character he was very opportunistic. He was very cunning. He was very strategic. Slythe was some some sort of reptile. I can't. Remember. I always thought he was like a toad. Yeah, I never quite worked out what he was. But again, like the way he, you know, the way he moved, and the sort of his character was very slimy and very slippery and very. Yeah, slimy. I mean, I was, I always just figured again because he was hunched, so I always thought he was like a toad because his back kind of. Yeah, and he kind of had that sort of salamander's yeah, on his yeah, tail, yeah. didn't he? But yeah, and I remember having the uh, two of them actually. I had one and I had a, a, another slide as a birthday present. But the the detail that went into the detail was on the, the cartoon on the animation. Therefore, the detail was in the toy, and we'll yeah. to the merchandise in a second. But like that. You know, there was a, I said there was a lot of care went into sort of designing those characters and the only one I can't remember his name and it was probably fucking really basic looking at the rest of them but there was a like a hyena baboon sort of character yeah yeah and I can't remember his name but um, I'll probably find it if I look at it oh Monkey yeah Monkey I uh, couldn't remember but, his name. right but, Monkey yeah but again and, and the voice not just the character yeah. the voice as well yeah, like, yeah he was, was absolutely perfect yeah he, he had like a kind of chimpanzee yeah and like kind of, of his when he got angry he used to beat his chest yeah and, and like, he'd squeal and yeah, yeah. And like the toy like even the toy the, the it was fairly standard you had um the toys the right hand would hold a weapon of something yeah, and a mace, the, didn't he didn't he have like a mace he did have a mace yeah, yeah. but and uh, you had the button on the back which would lift yeah. his arm up and down and they all had that but the the thundercats all had their right hand would hold a weapon their left hand was kind of open yeah with the the mutants and the the villains, both hands were could hold weapons, mm. um, and the kind of when you, I think it was only uh, Monkey that did it. But when you did the button on the back, both arms worked. So the left right. the left one go down the right arm. It's kind of that sort of so monkey issue again. Yeah, yeah. Because, so he could effectively beat his chest or beat the ground. Yeah. yeah. And that that was again, it's, it's that sort of detail that went in. Like even into the merchandise, which they didn't control. No. They licensed it and said fuck off. And do yeah. Off you go. Yeah. And like, but the, the the level that went into the toys as well was some that. Of that sort of quality as well. I think that all starts, and I know we went off topic with it and started ranting, but that all starts with the writing and the storytelling. You know, the, yeah. the, there is so much thought and care and attention gone into this arc and these characters and yeah. their journeys that everybody involved has just brought their A game yeah. to the and, say, and, and not just the main characters either, the, the supporting cast and sort of the, 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 the villain of the week effect. Really. Yeah. The, every, Every little detail was mapped out. Every like the character nuances were there. And like um, Rotaro, remember the the toy of Rotaro? I had that. I got I got it when we were on holiday. Um, like he even had a little fucking twirly mustache that moved. Yeah. And like you, it was annoying as fuck as a kid because the mustache would get in the way and you'd have to be picking it up and Pick it up. Yeah. But 
that no, they could have just easily ignored that or just made a fucking rigid plastic thing that was you know, molded onto his face. Yeah. But again, that fucking you know because it was part of the character and it moved when he talked and all the rest of it. They built it into the toy, and you know, that it was it was you, know, you don't see you didn't see it that much then either. I mean, if you look at he man he man figures, okay, the color colors they matched to what was on screen, yeah. but they were all the same fucking body. With yeah, a different yeah. head. With a different head. It was yeah, sort of just a, no, the, the molded plastic fucking no, nineteen pack and, bands as well. Yeah, and, yeah. I said, and it was the same toy. Whereas the Thundercats yeah. weren't. They were fucking you know like Panther was a dwarf. Yeah. Come, no, Tiger was taller. Lion yeah, yeah. was taller again. Shatara was kind of was, was thin and fucking no. Yeah. Like she was kind of the um, um, Teela evil evil yeah, like yeah. kind of toy. It was the same sort of shape, but it was no. Yeah. It was it was Chitara. Um, the only ones that disappointed were disappointed from the set I've got. I still got a lot of them, um, but the Wily Kit and Wily Cat they weren't articulated in the same way. You kind of got molded ones, yeah, because they were smaller and they didn't really do much. Well, it's also because you just want to put them on the skateboard things, the yeah. hoverboards. Like you don't really want it. You got Wily Kit and Wily Cat. You want to be flying around with them. Yeah, you don't want to do anything else. And bowlers and stuff. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, that was kind of that. Was, I think they were the ones, and they, they looked right and size wise, they yeah, kind yeah. of fit in. But they never, they didn't, they weren't done in the same way. But everything else, like I've got. I think I'm trying to remember what's in the sort of bag of toys my parents had. So we we kept them for my nephew, honest. Um, but like Lionel broke because that was overused. Panthro eventually broke. I think I've still got Tiger. Chitara's head came off. But I've got all the villains. I've got I've still got Slide. I've still got Dracula. I've still got Monkey. And I've still got Ratara. Mm. I've still got Vultureman. Mumra broke because they kind of used to get into fights with Lionel and yeah, yeah, they, they kind of smashed each other up a bit. Yeah. But a lot of them are still no, a lot of them are still got. And like I said, no, they. That whole toy line, and like the the you don't see the toy line for the new one. Like it didn't sell that well at no. all. But every fucker I knew had Thundercats. Yeah, yeah, we all had them. Yeah, everyone yeah. had Thundercats. Everyone had Ghostbusters. Everyone had Turtles. Yeah, and you had the full fucking set. Yeah, and you might not have had the vehicles and the, the buildings and all the rest of it, but you had the you had all the figures. Yeah, because you needed them to. No, they all you, you all needed you had them to all create to your own stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like with them, with with He Man, there were a lot of them, and as long as you had a He Man and a Skeletor and yeah. a couple of others, you could kind of get by. But with Thundercats, you couldn't because they were all kind yeah, of... you needed to. They were integral. Yeah. I think that's probably where my... Uh, I mean, I'm a pretty obsessive collector of things. Hoarder. Once I get into something... Yeah, I'll order maybe the other <laughs> way. I think He-Man figures is probably where that started because that was my thing. Was He-Man, He-Man figures. I had suitcases full of them. And then there was... like There wasn't just He-Man. There was Thunder Punch He-Man. Yeah. And then there was a He-Man you could record your voice into. And then it, it was all sorts. And then, you, like you say... There were so many other characters. He-Man was a toy machine. That's yeah. all it was. They made that cartoon to sell you fucking He-Man toys. Yes, that's right. That's all it was. And there were fucking millions of them. Um, yeah. But you're exactly right. Like I could I could create a million different stories for my He-Man toys, but it was always kind of the same thing. So I was like, right, today He-Man is fighting this toy. Yeah. Today he's fighting Moss Man. Yeah. You know? I, I, that's that's it. You just you made a different a different story each yeah. day. Whereas Thundercats, you were a little, and, and I suppose to that extent, Ghostbusters and Turtles toys, you were slightly more restricted, but you had a better grasp on those characters. I, I, I don't know if you were so much restricted because, like the way He-Man worked, because there were so many characters that you would have episodes where they weren't all in. Yeah. Whereas in any episode of Thundercats, all of the Thundercats were in it. Yeah. And you always had at least Mumra, um, Monkey, and, and um, Slide, Slide, and Jackman. Yeah. So you you always had at least those. Those characters. Yeah, they were the core. So any story you were telling, because as as a child you kind of mimic what you see. Any story you were telling, be it you know, whatever your MacGuffin was, whatever they were doing this week, 
it would always involve at least those. Yeah. And then if you had Vulturman or Ataro coming in on whatever his ship was called, I can't remember, you had those, they were a pair as well, so you wouldn't have a story with one and not the other. Yeah. And you wouldn't kind of mix those in and take, you know, take out Slythe and put in Rotaro. No. They, they came, they they were came as a set. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you would always do that. So you, you, you weren't even, you weren't restricted as such, but you were, you, if you were telling a story, it would kind of be the story you'd seen. So you'd have these would be in this week, or these would be in this yeah, week. Yeah, but, but you would use those characters yeah. more as characters, whereas the reality of it with He-Man toys was you just smash the fuck out of them together Yes. until until He-Man won. Yeah, until his arms fell off. And yeah, that, yeah, that's exactly. kind of it. Um, and it was the same with Ghostbusters and Turtles, that they were always a team. So yeah, you, always, uh, you needed all of them. Whatever. You can't have one turtle without the other three. Yeah, and so, like with Ghostbusters, you wouldn't just have Egon. You'd no. have the whole team. And then, Nobody would just have Egon. Yeah, but as, as a child wearing glasses, he was one of the glasses. I guess. So you, yeah. that, that's kind of why you've... If you have one, you're going to have Vapeman. Yeah. <laughs> um, you could get away with just Vapeman. Well, no, I don't think you could. I don't think you could. But if you have him one... But, uh, but I mean, it, uh, and everyone had their favourite, I think, for, as a as a snug, tall, awkward child with glasses, you went for Egon, because he kind of looked yeah, like yeah. No. yeah, yeah, I can, I can that's, see that's it. Kind, that's yeah. kind of the, yeah. the, the empty part of it. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, you would always have the team, and if it was Marshmallow Man, well, I still have my Marshmallow Man, mine is a hand. Um, but I, I still have my Slimer as well. Um, but you, you could have a ghost and tell whatever story you wanted, but you only need one ghost, but you needed the full team, and you yeah. needed Hector 1, and you, you know... Um, and then with Turtles, you always had the four. And I only I, I never had the four, never had any of the Turtles villains, so then like my He-Man figures and my Thundercats. So the Turtles would just cross over. It yeah, would be a crossover much, episode yeah. with Turtles all yeah. of a sudden show up on third. Yeah, and I should have written those down because fucking hell. Yeah. Um, so, but, um, but yeah, so that was kind of the way the toys worked. Um, but so with Thundercats, you, you needed a set to do the story. Yeah, yeah. Um, talking about the, the toys, actually, I'd forgotten, and I remembered at the time, but I'd forgotten um, until I was rereading re- re- this this morning, that there were certain toys that interacted, like the basic standard toys. Like I know you, like you get versions mm-hmm. of things now, and you get, you know, you'd get like Spider Man and Talking Spider Man and Climbing Spider Man and all the rest of it. The the standard toys, Mumra, uh, He Man, uh, not He Man, uh, Mumra, uh, Lino, um, and the um, the tank and the the cat's lair, they all interacted. So um, you, there was a switch on the cat's lair, um, which knows where the battery provider was. And if you, there was a key, I think it was the, um, the red um, pouch that Lino had. Mm-hmm. You could put that into a slot on his back. It was a very small slot. It was, it was a very small thing, but it was metallic. And it would switch the battery on. And his eyes would light up and it would correspond with the... I remember the this. I was wondering where you were going with I'd it. I'd forgotten all about it until I this do morning. remember it. I remember it more with Mumra than I do yeah. with Lino. The eyes light up. The eyes light up, yeah. There, there was a red, LED, uh, red light um, yeah. behind his eyes. And same with Mumra. And it lit up. When, so, and when... When it was turned, when it, the cat's light was turned on, it would correspond. Yeah, I have no fucking idea how it worked. Yeah, I remember this. I I have a very vague recollection, but now you're saying it, I I have a very yeah. vivid memory of Mumra's eyes lighting yeah. up. And I never knew why. I never because I never had the cat's light. I only had the, the figures. Yeah. But I remember it was all fucking. Yeah, yeah. And it, again, it's like, again, like you didn't get a lot of that at the time. No. And so to have more than one doing it, and it was just it was incredible. And again, it's that sort of detail and what they've gone into. And yeah, we did, no, it's for the fans. If kids want to play with it, so let's give them something to play with. Yeah, and I think, I think what all of this shows, and and we to bring this all the way back around is one of the first things we said about the show as well. Is what all of this shows is that even though it definitely had the right elements of a kid show, 
it was talking to adults who were designing these things, even then at the time. Yeah. It's not just talking to us now, retroactively looking back at it. Yeah. We, we're not just enjoying it on an adult level now. People were enjoying it on an adult level then. Yeah. They could see the story behind it. Yeah. Um, and that has obviously endured. That's right. And I mean, I think that we talk about the toy lines and that in the 80s, everything was about the toys. And I think Star Wars had a lot to do with that. The, the merchandise yeah, that came out of Star Wars was probably the biggest you'd ever so seen at that point. So any show in the 80s would have gone, right, okay, well, if they can do it, we'll make our characters and we'll sell yeah. versions of our toys. Um, and I think that there was a very cynical um, attitude in terms of a lot of shows, things like we talked about, like masks and stuff like that, where it was just turn out toys, toy after toy after toy. Um, but this kind, of, this kind of didn't do that. And I think as you evolved into like into some slightly later shows like Ghostbusters and Turtles, mm -hmm. they became less about the toys and more about the story. Sure, yeah. It was tell a good story and people will want to buy the toys to then recreate their own stories. That's exactly the model here, isn't it? Yeah. And whereas, let's say, whereas things like Mask was like, okay, what toy what toy isn't selling? We need to kind of make yeah. make make that more prominent in the next couple of episodes to kind of yeah. to boost it up. We never, you know, you never had that. It was tell a good story and people will want to buy the people toys. Want the toys. People will want to be able to tell yeah. their own stories. So they will buy the toys to do that. And I think that seems to have been doing a lot more in the shows that we're talking about. Um, now, the shows that you see keep on coming back and keep being remade and, and re-shown are the ones that they were, first and foremost, telling a story. Definitely. And, and that is definitely the appeal here. And it was the appeal in Dogtanian a couple of weeks when we talked about yes. that as well. It's that story is first. Yeah. The story comes story is first. If you can yeah, sell, yeah. If you can sell merchandise later on, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell the fucking story. Yeah. And that's what, and a lot that you'll find that with a lot of shows we talk about. That's kind of the the enduring appeal. That's why we've sort of taken to them as adults. And I said there 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 are things we would have enjoyed as children that won't make sense to us now. Yeah. And there are things which will make sense to us now that we'll have gone we would have completely over our heads at the time. But the fact is, a yeah. lot of this, there will be some very similar themes in the things we talk about because as we go forward, a lot of these shows will be very similar. And yeah. there are some of the, sort of the the shows we talk we'll talk about in the future um, from the nineties which may not have necessarily the same appeal. Like, Animaniacs didn't have an overarching story arc when no. we did that. Different kind of show. Different though, kind of really. show, but there, there are still, if you look at that, there are still, there are still things that we can look at now that will appeal to us and things we looked at then. Um, but so a lot of things will be fucking out the way the story told and what we can remember of a story. And then when we yeah. did um, Titanic, the fact that we, we're remembering parts of a story that we saw 25 years ago, or there are bits that I remembered that you didn't have a story and vice versa that, I know, that we were a lot younger than we are now. Yeah. So well, it's. I mean, it's when when you look at anything now through through the mists of time, and like we've rewatched a lot of these things before yeah. we we come to record the show, so it's a bit more fresh in our mind. But in general, like if if people listening now haven't watched Thundercats for a while, if they think back, they won't remember moments. They won't remember. Oh, do you remember when Lionel did that? Or yeah. do you remember the first time the Robo Burgles showed up? They they don't remember that, but they will remember the story and they'll remember parts of the story remember yeah. oh, well Lionel had to do the trials or yeah. you know Mumra had an argument with the agent spirits of evil you remember that overarching yeah. story and, and how how the characters got from A to B you don't remember the journey itself no that's you, right. you don't remember those individual moments and that speaks volumes of the quality of, of the product above what they were doing every week yeah it's a case of that this story was a lot bigger than just Here's half hour of entertainment. Yeah, that's now right. buy a toy. Well, that's it, and I mean, that's it. There, there were um, lots of toys, and also come on to to that. We'll talk about the merchandise, but you, there were very no, so there were 
lots of there was lots of mission there were lots of toys um there were some other tie-ins um there was a i've forgotten about this i did have it uh, it was there's a game on the uh, on, the, on the spectrum um, i had that yeah lost eye of thundera um can't remember much about it. I remember having it when I saw the name written down. Mm. I remember having it. I remember the box. That's all I remember. But I do remember the box. Yeah. So there was a, a Commodore sixty four, uh, Commodore one hundred and two eight version as well, um, and a Spectra version of um, Lost Eye of Thundera. Um, Cartoon Network's official website featured a game allowed visitors to play as Lionel and rescue fellow Thundercats while venturing into Mumra's tomb. Um, the game was titled uh, Thundercats Tomb of Mumra. Uh, can still be found on an archived um, Toonami database. If you Google it, you can still find it. Apparently. Um, but no, you look at some some of the other other shows we talked about. Some of the merchandise, the levels of merchandise they had. There wasn't that much for Thundercats. And there's a board game, which again I had. Can't remember much about it, but I had it. Yeah. Uh, a TV tray table, which obviously that's a selling point. It's kind of at a low ebb. Um, electronic racing set, a lunchbox, um, and then there was a, a bit of a retro spurt in the sort of the nineties and the two thousands, uh, where again things started popping. Yeah. I think things like belt buckles and shoe and T-shirts, t-shirts and, and yeah, like bags yeah. and things like that. Well, just, just with the logo on them. So mm-hmm. not some massive merchandising, but no. just a, from a nostalgic point of view that, that we... I'm sure you've got one. That's a t-shirt with the Thundercats logo on it. Uh, I had one. I've probably not got it anymore. But yeah. yeah, I have um, been, been known to wear a Thundercat shirt. Yeah, I don't know. A lot of people we know, so lots of things like that as well. I, I had a block block, I'm fairly sure I lost it at mm-hmm. some point. Um, so there are lots of, um, there are lots of things. Um, more recently, um, Warner Brothers sold uh, rights to produce a line of collectible statues. Um, 2010, Bandai announced new toy lines being released based on the classic and the 2011 series. Don't recall seeing anything from the 2011 no. series. Um, in tw- July 2011, Warner Brothers announced that an Icon Heroes, um, well, Icon Heroes, a company specialising in collectible pop, collectible pop memorabilia, memorabilia, if I can't speak, uh, released a new line of Thundercats statues and vehicles. Uh, and then the licences were produced for... Um, um, for reproducing figures in 2011, but they've never materialised. So there's still an appetite for people, and people are still buying up the rights to make shit, but then they're just not producing it, or there's not yeah, demand yeah. for it, so it's not appearing. Um, although I did say, um, I talked about earlier the, um, the 30 inch um, Lionel Mamra statues, um, which are now in the Thundercats Museum, whatever the fuck that is. Whoa. But unfortunately, there's, not, there's, a, there's a link to it, but the link doesn't work, so I can't even tell you where that is. Whoa. That's unfortunate. Um, in terms of other spin-offs there were comics as well I love the comics there were at least three iterations of the comics that I know of yeah um, there was um, a Thundercats comic book series based on the anime series published by Marvel, Marvel through Star did, Comics yeah, they did the first ones um, lasted for three issues and tw- uh, three years and 24 issues yeah um, a new series published by Marvel UK consisting of 129 issues yeah and then three years. I think Wildstorm picked and it up Wildstorm it. picked up yeah. in 2002 um uh, Got included five non-canon miniseries and, yeah. and several one-shots. So, I mean, the, the kind of been attempts to keep it going over the years Yeah. Um, with various success. I mean, that I was I knew there was a big comic run uh, in the mid-'80s, so I remember having some of them, but again, not masses of them. Yeah. yeah. Wasn't aware of the Wildstorm one um, later on. The Wildstorm ones are excellent. I've... I've, I've off topic, yeah. I've got them all done. Yeah, yeah, cool. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, there's there's been an appetite to keep them going, and then... Yeah. Um, I said there were um, films we've talked about, so some of the uh, the appetite to recreate things which didn't quite pan out. Um, just uh, incidentally, in January twenty nine, IGN named Thundercats the forty ninth best show of all time, of animated show of all time. We 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 keep we should really keep track of these because every episode we say it is the 
excellent yeah. animated show. It's, it's, usually, it's usually the IGN that I'm probably go to as well. So we're kind of so Batman was number two, wasn't it? Batman was number two after The Simpsons. Yeah, um, Animaniacs was top five or maybe top ten. So, so Thundercats sits just inside the top fifty then. Yeah, which I'm surprised at. I thought it'd be higher up actually. I, th- I mean, it yeah, was, given the critical um, success it had and the commercial success and the cultural impact. Uh, yeah, I'm surprised. It's I mean, given it's 2009, so I mean, it's it's been around for a while. Now. A lot of the shows we're talking about have been around for quite a while. I I'd be interested to see that poll and see where it sort of sits with shows like He Man and Turtles that we've talked about as well. I mean, I put it. Like on the spot now, but I would put it top twenty yeah. easily. Yeah, same here. I mean, I think a lot of it comes down to taste and sort of style as well. But I mean, I think the fact that it's, I mean, I'd like to see what's in, what's in that poll and what sits above it because mm. I'm fairly sure I'd have to put it a lot higher than sort forty ninth. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I'd be interested in seeing what sits there, and you probably wouldn't. You'd probably be hard pushed to find the justifications as to why things sit where they are. Well, well, some are some are evident. I mean, Batman is clearly. It, like deserves its place. There. Yeah, but I, mean, I can it, understand why The Simpsons is above it because of its cultural impact and, and stuff like that. I would personally argue that Batman is a better show, but I mean, that's, yeah, that's me and my baggage as well. Yeah, I don't think there's a discussion to be had there. But I mean, yeah. just in terms of the fact that IGN have placed it 49th, I'd be interested to see what the justification for placing there as opposed to what placing other shows and, and how what, they've yeah, and how what 50 and 48 are as well. Yeah, and, and like how they've scored it and how yeah, they've yeah. and stuff like that. That's what that's what I mean. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but I mean it's. Fairly, it was well, no, fairly well received. Um, the the twenty eleven series actually um, critically was um, panned, mm-hmm. but a lot of the performances um, were very well received, and there were a lot of award nominations for the twenty after the twenty eleven oh, series. Okay. Um, actors in particular roles and ensemble yeah, cast. Yeah. So the actual writing, not so much. And but you know, there the, the were there was a, a great de- uh, a great degree of recognition for what they achieved. Mm-hmm. Um, just lastly, before we come on to just uh, before we wrap up. Um, were released and were um, home, home cinema releases um, of the videos over the years. Um, DVD releases um, came in, 19, in 2005 and 2006. Um, there's a whole collection part. Um, there's a whole collection release as well, which is available um, from most places. Um, Warner Home Video released uh, following the UK in 2008-2009, so any retailer you go to will not show Oh, those Thundercats box sets are everywhere. Yeah, so I mean, they're not difficult to come by. No. Um, and as I said, again, they sold fairly well, maybe yeah. with people of a certain age who at the time would have been 25 to 30 and have gone, I remember that, I love that. Yeah, yeah. And have picked it up and gone, I don't remember that, but fucking hell, that's amazing. I mean, everyone I've spoken to when talking about sort of doing this show has gone, oh, I bought the DVD of that the other year. I, I, I remember picking up thinking I was going to watch a couple of them to get into it and then they've gone, fuck, it's four o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And I've got nothing else to watch, I better go to bed. And it's kind of that thing that Certainly, our generation have, have sort of certainly done a lot of, but you pick these shows up in your childhood thinking, Oh, yeah, I remember that one, that was quite good. And they go, Ah, need to stop watching. I like, don't think there are many of these shows that you could binge in the way that you could binge them. I no. don't, I, well, you could binge any of them, but I don't think point. there are many that are going to like lend themselves to that binge of like, Oh, one more, one more, one more, and let it. Letting the show run you as opposed to you yeah. making that choice, but Thundercats is definitely one well, of those. And I, I think a lot, a lot of it comes down to the quality that we've talked about and the writing and stuff. But a lot of it comes to the fact you you had a definite arc, so you get to the end of an episode and you want to know what happens next. Yeah, exactly. And there were so many story, goes, and there were yeah. so many things which you would have watched, and we gone, oh well, yeah, I'll pick it up tomorrow because it's not going to keep me awake. Yeah. Whereas with it or something like this, you're, you're constantly thinking, I don't remember this, but what happened next? And you're constantly going to be watching it like you would with a new show. Yeah. And a lot of the stuff that people are binging now on some Netflix and stuff is. Oh fuck no! Well, it always ends on a cliffhanger. So what happens next? These didn't end on a cliffhanger, but because there was a story part to it, you wanted to know where it was going. Yeah. So I mean, the, th- the fact that you know, 
they they did release them on DVD and they released whole set. They released them as whole seasons. They didn't release as um, volume one with three episodes and volume two with. No, they were they did a proper job of releasing them. I think people kind of bought into that. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, so I mean, I think that um, after um, third, uh, just not not far off thirty years uh, since it first uh, first broadcast, I think the fact that people are still buying into it and people there's still very much a, an appetite for it. Yeah, it, it is. I think probably if not the most, one of the most fondly remembered shows. And like I said right back at the start, if you ask anybody of a certain age now, of, of that early to mid-30s bracket, if you said, name a cartoon that you watched as a child. Yeah. Like, Thundercats is, is there. That's it. I mean, if, It's I mean, one that's instantly going to pop. Yeah, I mean, if, if, you, if you were to say, right, what were your top five cartoons as a kid? Thundercats is in there. 100% of people. We'll yeah. say 100% of people we know. Um, definitely of people we know yeah, yeah but, uh, but of, of our age bracket I'd say probably 75 to 80 percent would put it in that five yeah if, if you said if you, you know what five shows did you did you love as a kid 75 to 80 percent I'd say would probably get yeah. Thundercats in that in that top five definitely okay so as, as always um, we'll wrap up with um, was it worth a revisit um, this is a bit of an odd one for me because I haven't actually revisited it for recording this podcast for a number of reasons, um, but I haven't needed to, yeah. and I haven't needed to because Thundercats has never gone away for me. Yeah, I guess it's fair. I sense. loved it as a child. Um, maybe there was a period there as a teenager where the DVDs weren't available and YouTube wasn't a thing when we were teenagers. Fuck so yeah, it was barely was, a thing when we were teenagers. Yeah, well, we're not it, that old. It, it was there, but I mean, it wasn't to yeah. the extent it is now. So I mean, there, there was a period there where it wasn't readily available, but I had the comics. Yeah. Uh, and then more recently, you know, I do have the box sets and I do watch them. And, and I'm not talking about I've bought them once and stuck them in once and then yeah. watched it. I've revisited them a number of times. Um, so it's difficult for me to say, is it worth revisiting Thundercats? Because it it has held its appeal for me. It's never gone away. So I guess what I'm saying is, yes, it absolutely is worth revisiting yeah. if you have dropped off it. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say, as I said right at the start, I mean, this was my fucking childhood, this show. I love this show and like whereas like, my, my brother was a couple of years older so he was more into He-Man and stuff like that and there were other shows that I watched and loved as well but this is the one that you know, I had all the toys and I used to you know I mean even to you know, being of an age where I probably shouldn't have been playing with with, with uh, action figures I still played with you know, my Thundercats toys I'm just going to stop you there there is never an age where you should not be playing with action no, figures no I, I absolutely agree it's I, fine I think this is, this is a generational thing because I mean my, so my parents generation it was right okay you know once you pass the age of about six or seven and you can go off and play football on your own, fuck off out and play. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I, I was less interested in that in, uh, than I was in playing computer games and watching TV and playing with figures and shit. So, I mean, that's what I mean by of an age where I yeah. should, probably should have not been playing with it. Um, it's, and, but, yeah, I mean, I, for me, this was my fucking childhood. And they were, there are other shows that came later on, things like Turtles and that, which, yeah, okay, were great and we'll probably come on to those at some point. But fucking Thundercats, that yeah, yeah. was it. And like, to a point where... There were a couple of video collections came out with a couple of episodes on, and I finally got so I'm fairly sure I wore out at least two copies that I can yeah. remember. Um, and I think you recorded it off TV at one point as well and wore that one out. So I mean, that, no, that it was very much, uh, as I said, a thing that never went away for me. Um, but having the opportunity, and when the DVDs came out, having the opportunity to stick one in and go, okay, I'll, I'll watch a couple of these, and no, a series later going, fuck, I need to go to bed. Where's, <laughs> the, ne where's the next one? Yeah, and, and just carrying on doing that and having done that more than once and then so coming back to this podcast and going 
Yeah, I probably watched a couple just to re- refresh my memory. Fuck, it's four o'clock in the morning. I need to go to bed because I've got to be up, up in an hour for work. You know, it's that sort yeah. of thing. And having done that, and yeah, like same for me. It never really went away. This is the show that has sort of stuck with me since I was three, yeah. if not younger. You know, and and yeah. So I mean, I absolutely recommend it to anybody, and anybody who's coming, who's fortunate enough to have not seen it, and coming at it fresh. Wow! Imagine you're that. in for a fucking yeah. treat. Imagine that. Yeah, and I mean, I, people say this with me with, with more adult shows, things like Breaking Bad. I wish I could go back in that to a time where I hadn't seen it and watch it again from the beginning. For me, this is Thundercats. If you've never seen it, fucking, you've got some watching ahead of you because you and every second of it's going to be a fucking roller coaster. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so that's Thundercats in a very long nutshell. Um, yeah. Um, if you like what you've heard, um, obviously tell your friends. If you don't like what you've heard, tell your, tell your enemies because get them to listen to it. Um, but yeah, I mean, as uh, as we've said before, and if you want to talk about shows that you've loved in the, in the past, by all means, uh, drop us a line. Go to our website, uh, ddpodcast.net, and you contact us through there. Um, but until next time, thunder, 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 thunder cats.